It's Monday, March 28th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, uh, kind of an eventful weekend in, uh, in Goodyear as we are less than two weeks away from opening day. The Guardians are making uh, a few roster moves here or there, getting down uh, closer to uh, the number that will eventually break camp uh, at the end of next week or at the beginning of next week, actually, uh, we, we saw some, some of the younger players on the 40-man roster option to uh, AAA. Uh, nobody unexpected there in uh, George Valera, uh, Richie Palacios, Jose Tania, uh, Bo Naylor, and Kirk McCarty all heading uh, down to the other camp. But, uh, you know, those guys are all – if, if I were those guys, I wouldn't uh, be too far from my phone at any time during this season because uh, it's possible it's a possibility that each one of them could play a role on the, the major league team at some point this season. Yeah, for sure, Joe. Well, you know, Rocchio uh, had four hits in, in his previous two games before getting options. So, you know, he certainly showed him he could swing the bat. Uh, Valera, I thought, had a, had a real good, uh, you know, an impressive spring. Same with Palacios. Uh, Tanya as well. Uh, we didn't get to see John Kenzie Noel. He, he had, came down with a sore, sore throwing arm, so he got sent down without us really getting a look at him. But uh, and uh, you know Nolan Jones and Tyler Freeman, you know were hurt. They couldn't play, so they were optioned as well. So, but those guys you named, those you know Tanya and Rocchio and Valera and Palacios. I think you're right. They uh, they, they better keep their cell phones charged up and uh, within reach. Yeah. Uh, it, there were guys that, uh, you know, we had, we had hoped to see and see a lot more of this year. Like you mentioned, John Kenzie Noel, uh, but the, the injury sort of limited him a little bit in camp. Uh, it, it, it's funny because you'd hear stories about some of these young guys like, like Valera, like Tanya, like Palacios uh, who were on the bench during some of these major league exhibition games earlier in camp. And they're sort of looking down the down the the row there at, at Tito saying, hey, when am I going to get into these games and sort of pushing and pressuring, uh, you know, uh, Tito for the opportunity to play in some of these major league games. Uh, when is it going to be my chance? And, and Tito, actually, it's a good problem to have. He actually had to tell these guys, hey, you know, chill out. Your time is coming. Uh, they're, they're still looking at, you know, guys that are ahead of them, like Owen Miller and, and Yu Chang and and giving those guys opportunities in some of these major league cactus games. But uh, it's good to see that the young guys are hungry to get out there and play uh, as much as they, they were. For sure, Joe. And uh, you know, they, they represented themselves well. And uh, that, that group, the second group you mentioned, listen to these batting averages, Chang 438, Clement 500, uh, Oscar Gonzalez 353, uh, Owen Miller 438, uh, Gabriel Arias, 571, Andres Jimenez, 417. Those guys have had great spring. So, you know, you can see why they were, they were getting a lot of at-bats. Arias, I think, has played in seven, you know, Cactus League games and has at least one hit in every game. Right. Uh, and that's the group of guys who sort of got that experience at the major league level last year. And you could tell they came into camp more confident and more ready this year uh, and and they're, the expectations should be higher with them, and they're meeting those expectations. They're uh, 
They all feel like they belong right now. And I think that confidence is what's carrying a lot of those guys that you just mentioned. Uh, Yu Chang looks like, uh, looks like nothing is going to surprise him at any point uh, when he gets up to the plate. And, and Ernie Clement, I think every time he comes through, uh, it just sort of reinforces the idea that this is a guy who uh, you've, you've pretty much got to find a spot for him on the major league roster. Yeah, and the thing is, where do you play all these guys? They all kind of, you know, are, are infielders, middle infielders. Uh, you know, Chang, you know, was a utility guy last year, did a nice job for him. Clement was kind of in that same role, bounced around. Uh, you know, Owen Miller, second base, first base, a little shortstop. Arias, you know, was an everyday shortstop in AAA last year. And Jimenez was, you know, shortstop. Uh, second baseman and we're not even talking about uh, you know Ahmed Rosario who you know was ill last week and we haven't seen a whole lot of him this spring right and and they've been talking about trying to get uh, Ahmed Rosario some some playing time some innings out in left field in some of these games I think just so that they can open up that that middle of the infield to more opportunities and more flexibility Uh, we just haven't seen it yet like you said he was out with a stomach bug uh, but uh, we keep hearing, oh, yeah, he's going to get some time in left field. He's going to get some time in left field. We just have yet to see it. Yeah, there's 10 games left. So, you know, if he's going to, if he's a serious, if, it, if he's a serious option out there, you'd like to see it. And I would imagine, you know, uh, talking to Chris Antonetti uh, on Sunday, he said he, that is still very much in the plans. They wanted to give uh, Rosario a chance to, uh, you know, kind of recover from that flu bug. And, uh, and I would think in the next couple of days here, we're going to see him out in left field. Some other things that, that, that you know, may or may not factor into who's playing where and when. Uh, we did see Josh Naylor uh, out there on his uh, recovered right leg uh, playing in games on Saturday and Thursday, or Thursday and Saturday, uh, four innings in the minor league games out there. Uh, it won't be long, possibly, before we see him in a Cactus League game. Yeah, he could if, you know, all point, all systems would go for him uh, to, uh, you know, play in a Cactus League game on Tuesday, it looks like. That's, that's his, you know, that's the kind of the date uh, the Guardians had set for him. You know, he went one for four Thursday in the AAA games for the Reds, two for four on Saturday against the Reds. Uh, in each game, played four innings in right field. Um, he tested, you know, tested his tested his leg coming out of the box. He had a double, he had a single. Said his, uh, you know, his uh, his that that right leg that was, you know, that gruesome injury last June is 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 feeling good. He, he said something funny, uh, Joe. He said the first game he played, uh, Logan Allen, the uh, minor league version of. Uh, was uh, was pitching for the Indians or for the Guardians, and he goes, I, I really didn't get a whole lot of action. You know, I didn't know too much about this guy, but you know, only two in four or five innings, only the Reds only put two balls in play, so he he struck everybody else out. So I think Naylor was impressed. Yeah, well, I mean, if if, if playing the outfield means all you got to do is stand out there while the uh, the pitcher's throwing the ball uh, and striking guys out, I guess that makes it a lot easier. Uh, but it's, it, it's good to hear that he tested that leg, you know, running, hustling out a double and, and we don't want to see, you know, too much of a difference in Josh Naylor. We, we know that he knows that he needs to make certain changes to his, his approach physically during a game to make sure that he doesn't hurt himself again. 
but that signature sort of hustle and all out, uh, you know, just a hundred percent on every play uh, is, is sort of what he, uh, what endeared him to a lot of folks uh, watching his game. And I, I think for him to lose that would be, you know, uh, you know, not a positive, but just seeing him out there and making, making sure that he's, he's healthy and, and safe, I think is uh, what's more important than anything else. Yeah, for sure. And I don't think the Indians are going to push him. You know, the, you know, uh, Antonetti was asked uh, Sunday, is he still a viable option for, um, for the opening day roster on April 7th? And, uh, and uh, Antonetti said, you know, the best thing I can say about that is we're still considering it. We haven't eliminated him. So, you know, we'll see, but he, but then he said, we're not going to put him in any situation where he's not ready for it. So, you know, uh, I would think, you know, probably the odds are he doesn't open the, open the year on, on the, uh, you know, opening day roster, but I don't think he's far away. And it's just a great story, Joe, really a good, right. feel good story. He's so, you know, such a great guy and, and enthusiastic and he's worked hard and, uh, you know, hopefully things go well for him. Yeah, that's uh, it, it is a positive story and, and one that you, you look for. And uh, let's go back to that conversation that uh, you had with Antonetti and, uh, he, he was able to sit down and, and run through a few things about some of the moves that were made. And, and actually uh, the most interesting thing I, I think I took away from that conversation was the moves that weren't made and the moves that haven't been made. And, and, you know, he's not uh, immune to, he, he, ac he actually hears, you know, some of the rumblings and, and understands why some of the, the, the critics and the, the fans are upset about the fact that there aren't being there aren't moves being made. No, no free agent signings that sort of move the needle or or big trades that we had we had anticipated or thought would happen uh, or thought had to happen. Uh, he said that there there really wasn't the, the right match. They're really they were looking in and they were in on a few moves, but they didn't get exactly what they were looking for. And rather than you know, block some young players development, they decided not to make certain moves uh, and, and sort of, you know, get excited about the guys that they do have in camp rather than worrying about the guys that aren't here. Yeah, that, that's a great point, Joe. I mean, usually, you know, every team and most, most of the Cleveland teams I've covered uh, and, and almost every big league team, I think, you know, it, when the winter starts, uh, the offseason starts and free agent period starts, you know, you cast a wide net, you talk to everybody, you know, you talk to every free agent out there, even the ones you, you, you probably don't got a shot at. And, uh, but it's, and then you, you know, you, you explore your trade options. Uh, but it sounds like uh, uh, the guardians and Antonetti and Mike Chernoff were really kind of selective in who they targeted, you know, uh, this, this past winter on uh you know, who they wanted to go after in trades, who they wanted to go after in free agents. You know, they were, they were in on some people, they, they made offers on people, but they didn't get them. And so when they didn't get them, they pulled back and said, well, like you said, we're going to let these young guys play. We're not going to put any barriers in front of them. Uh, but, you know, it, it's just, it was, you know, I, I guess I understand that, but I, I, at the same time, it was disappointing to me. I, I thought, you know, they needed, they needed some help. They know they need help. You know, they're, they're not stupid. You know, I mean, they, they know where this club is, has deficiencies. 
and uh, you know they didn't do they didn't correct them, and uh, so now we're now we're gonna now, it looks like they're gonna just play kids. Maybe if they're competitive, he did say, you know, if, if they're competitive at, at the trade deadline, they they go out and make some moves. They'd have the ability to do that. And the, the thing that, that you know, kind of stood out to me, Joe, was they said money wasn't the object. Right. You know, it, it was, you know, they did not want to, they think they have a good young core and they didn't want to bring in a veteran for one or two years to get in, get in the, one or two of those players' way. Well, and I think that's the, the one or two years thing might be the, the, the difference there. I, I, what I heard in that was, you're right, money wasn't an object. And, uh, you know, they, can, there are, they are flexible to add to this payroll in 2022 if they are competitive and, and see an opportunity to do that later on. But what I heard in that was, uh, you know, they were looking for a one or a, a one-year deal or a one-year deal with an option for a veteran guy. And they didn't get, they made offers for one-year deals and the veteran guys were looking for multi-year deals or something that would lock things up long-term. And by doing that would block one of these young players, uh, you know, coming up in a few years. So that to me is what it sounded like more than, you know, they were, they were in on these guys and they didn't, you know, the guys didn't want, you know, let's say a Conforto doesn't want a, a one or two year deal. He wants a three or four year deal and the club wasn't willing to block an outfielder like a George Valera by giving Conforto a three year deal that you're stuck with that turns bad after one or two seasons. So to me, uh, you know, I, I go back to that idea that, you know, there are no bad one-year contracts uh, because you can always move a guy to a contender or, you know, at, at some point on a one-year deal like they did with an Eddie Rosario last year. Uh, I, I, I think if they were looking for more along the lines of an Eddie Rosario uh, one-year contract and didn't get any takers on that, because the free agents all wanted three to four year deals. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And, uh, you know, they did, they did try to get, make some deals for some controllable guys like Winker, you know, and, and uh, Olsen from Oakland, Winker from Cincinnati, those fell through. If they would have got those guys, you know, they would have had them for controlled at least two or three years. So maybe that's the kind of deals they were looking for on the trade market, but, Free agency, maybe, you know, the short term was probably, you know, the way that, the way to go for them. Yeah. And, and, you know, if the asking price on those trades might have been a little higher than they would, were willing to pay, uh, that might also. I mean, we've seen from Antonini and Chernoff that uh, they set their price on, on some of those uh, uh, trade, uh, you know, the, the parameters on those. And they, and they don't really want to budge off of those. So uh, wouldn't it. it I can understand why they didn't make some of these deals. Uh, but again, I also you know, was, was really hopeful that we would see some sort of uh, movement. Like you said, uh, we did get uh, a little bit of insight on the potential or the possibility of a Jose Ramirez contract extension. Uh, I think uh, if, if you're, if you've got uh, you know, one of the two between Jose Ramirez or Shane Bieber, I think, uh, Ramirez right now might be the closest one that they they are uh, at least having conversations or exchanging ideas with Jose's people about the possibility of a contract extension. 
Yeah, Joe, I think that's it's going to I think this could be an interesting week for that. Uh, we'll have to see, you know, at the you know, we'll have to see at the end of the week where where they are here. But I think there there has been you know, nothing is there's no you know formal uh, th- meeting planned, but they have been, like you said, exchanging ideas. It can't you know, they were they were exchanging comparable contracts, uh, you know, to uh, other players that, you know, are similarly similarly talented to uh to uh, uh jose and uh we'll have to see where that leads um you know i think uh you know obviously a, a contract of this size an extension of this side you know uh chris antonetti and sure enough would have to go to owner of uh, paul dolan and uh, you know have some serious discussions about that if if they wanted to do that if they, if they were of, of that vein and you would think with you know you know kind of not doing not making a major move on the uh, on the you know with trades or free agency that they would, uh, you know, perhaps a rep, you know, an extension is in the works here. And uh, yeah, I think that would be something that would at least, uh, you know, grab the public's attention. I don't, I know you don't do it. You don't make moves, you know, uh, you know, big extensions like that just to uh, sell tickets, but uh, you know, I, I think it, it, it wouldn't hurt for sure. Yeah. This might be one of those times where, you know, you don't listen to, uh, you know, the fan base and make a make a move based on that. But this might be one where, uh, you know, the player is Jose Ramirez and you know what you've got with him and you know who he is and what he is and what he what he can do. Uh, so you feel a little more comfortable, maybe 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 taking the uh, the fans opinion into account with that uh, with, with any sort of proposal. But uh, they're going to do what's what's best for the, the club for sure. Uh, speaking of doing what's best for the club, uh, this is, this is about the time when we would be wrapping up sort of the idea of, or the, uh, the conversation around, uh, training camp battles, uh, for positions, uh, because, you know, with a week and a half left or so, uh, you're, you're looking at, you know, those guys knowing that they're on the team and getting ready now and, you know, playing more innings in these exhibition games and, you know, you sort of have an idea of what the team's going to look like, and then uh, you're, you're getting ready to play in Major League uh, uh, regular season games. Uh, that's what happens with the cuts that that just recently, you know, happened to to give the the big league players a little more uh, time in these Cactus League games now coming up. Uh, that that really isn't the case because of this compressed window. Uh, we really haven't, you know discerned a lot in terms of the the individual battles and in which individual players are competing for which spots we know who's going to play third base we know who's going to play catcher uh, we know who's going to play center field uh other than that they're it's pretty wide open i mean we know ahmed rosario is going to play some at short but who's going to play second who's going to play first uh who are going to be the corner outfielders and really uh, with the the starting rotation, we know what that's pretty much going to look like, and and who the extra three or four guys are that they could uh, you know use as piggyback guys, uh, at least in the early going. But who were who's going to make up the rest of that bullpen uh, could also uh, factor in. So I guess I, I throw it out to you, Hoinsey. Uh, <laughs> where where are the position battles, and who are we talking about here? Yeah, uh, Joe. I think uh, you know obviously. Left and right field, uh, there's uh, you know uh, Oscar uh, Oscar Mercado, Bradley Zimmer. You know I guess the are came to camp as the front runners. You know I think uh, Mercado is still there. Uh, Zimmer has had a you know just a 
real, real uh, kind of a ugly start to a, the spring. He's, uh, you know, 15 at bats, 10 strikeouts. Uh, you know, he's hitting 113. Uh, so, um, you know, but he's still, you know, so, you know, I know you can't read too much into that. And they're going to go by track record. But, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, a guy like Stephen Kwan is probably mm-hmm. pushing him a little bit. Uh, you know, they sent Valera down. So, you know, we don't know, you know, you know, and, and, and they really, you know, are you going to play, uh, are you going to play Fran Mill Reyes out there? I, he played, mm-hmm. he's played a couple games, but they've been in left field. Uh, and uh, so, you know, I, I, you know, they, they have a little shortage of, of outfielders. Another, another spot I think you're looking at is, uh, you know, the backup catcher with, uh, you know, Luke Maley uh, going mm-hmm. down for three or four weeks with, uh, with a hamstring. Uh, now, you know, you, you, the only other catcher on the, on the 40 man is uh, Brian Lavastida. And, uh, and you're going to have to make, if, if he doesn't make the club, you're going to have to uh, make a move to add Sandy Leone. And you've got kind of a, you know, with, the, you've got kind of a, a roster situation going on with, you know, in November, they added the 11, uh, the 11 first year players to the 40 man. So, you know, they're, they're going to have to manipulate that roster to make, uh, if they yeah. want Sandy Leone, if they want anybody else, they're going to well, have to manipulate it. Not playing, not playing amateur GM here, and not uh, you know reading tea leaves or anything like that. But if uh, if you cut a Bradley Zimmer, you you make a a roster spot open, uh, and and also uh, if you uh, you mentioned uh, Luke Maley, uh, you also got to mention James Karinchak, uh is is down with a. I don't know if it's a, a sprain or a strain. It's a, it's a mild uh, situation with the, the Terrace major muscle in his shoulder. It didn't seem like it was something that we were, he had to be shut down for a, a length of time. Uh, he's, he, he wasn't going to throw for a week or so a couple of days back and, you know, start coming back off of progression from that. But uh, if, if, if Karen Chak or uh, Maley have to go on the 60 day DL, you can create a spot for Sandy Leone that way, uh, you know, those are, those are options at least to, to open up a roster spot. Uh, it, it, you bring up, you, you brought up uh, uh, Framil Reyes in right field. I don't see Framil Reyes playing very many innings in right field, at least when it's cold in April, you know, maybe when the weather warms up a little bit, you work them out there, but you don't want to risk Framil's bat uh, being put on the shelf if you're playing him in right field in, you know, cold and snow in, in April, I, I don't see that happening. Yeah, that's a great point. And uh, I, yeah, I can't, I don't think for, I think Framel's going to DH. You know? I mean, <laughs> if he plays 10 to 12 games in the outfield, you know, that I think that's, that's the extent of that, but who knows, it could be more. And then, yeah, and then Joe, we didn't talk about the middle infielders, you know, who, who's going to play second base. Uh, Chang, uh, Jimenez, uh, uh, Gabriel Arias, Ernie Clement. And uh, if, uh, if Rosario is going to play left field, who's playing shortstop? I guess Jimenez would be, I guess, your, your first, your go-to guy. Maybe Arias, you know, has, has played there all last year at AAA. So, uh, you know, some interesting, some interesting decisions still to be made here. Well, you, you, you mentioned Gabriel Arias. That's one guy who, uh, I think you look at it and you say, how do you not break camp with this guy on the roster? Uh, he did everything you asked of him in spring training last year and during the regular season in 2021. Uh, he's come to camp and done nothing but hit in every game he's played in in 2022. Uh, he's, he is 
knocking down the door and, and making it impossible for you to leave him off the roster this year. Yeah. I mean, uh, he's just, uh, you know, he got a, he beat out an infield hit yesterday against the Padres. And uh, I asked uh, Terry Francona about him after the game. He goes, this kid's going to be a really good player. He's fun to watch. And, uh, and you know, I think uh, he's got a chance. If you send Rocchio and, and Tanya and Valera and Palacios down and Arias stays, you know, that's, that's telling you something, you know, that right. he's still on, he's still in contention for a job, uh, you know, with what, 10, 10 games, nine games to go before opening day. I think he's, he's in serious consideration and he can play all over the diamond and uh, he hits, they love the, the fact that he goes the other way with, with, with his offense. He's not strictly a, you know, a pull, pull hitter. Uh, they just like a lot about his game. And uh, I don't know if they think he can stay at shortstop for a, le- a lengthy period of time, but uh, you know, somewhere he's going to play somewhere in the, in the, in the near future for the guardians. Yeah, that's they, they like his arm defensively. They like seeing, you know, he's he's got one of the stronger arms among all the infielders. Uh, he's the I think he's the reason why you keep hearing Tito talking about, you know, we're gonna we're gonna get Ahmed Rosario innings in left field. We're gonna let it let it happen. And we we haven't seen it yet uh, for reasons that we've already mentioned. But uh, I think Arias has to be the reason why they're talking about moving uh, Ahmed Rosario out of that spot. Uh, if you keep Jimenez and Chang, you can at least play Chang at first base uh, in on platoon days when you're facing a lefty and you don't want Bobby Bradley uh, there. And, uh, you know, I don't know if it's Arizona. I don't know if it's the the conditions out there, but but Chang just seems to find his power and find his stroke uh, every year in spring training when it comes to those exhibition games out there in Arizona. He loves hitting out there. Yeah, he's got it. He's wearing his hair long, Joe. He's like Samson right now. He's in the in the desert, man. He's don't he's, cut he's it. Hitting the ball all over the place. And uh, and another guy we forgot in that middle infield race is Owen Miller, who is you right. know really had a good spring with the bat. And he's you know he can play first, second, short. I, I would think he's mostly a second baseman and a first baseman. First baseman, yeah. Miller, Miller, and Chang are the two guys who I think benefit the most by that roster expansion to 28, at least for the month of April, uh, you know, they're, they're going to have at least one extra pitcher because of that. But uh, you know, that, that it might free up some flexibility uh, in terms of, you know, the, the middle infield, at least carrying enough guys early on. Uh, the, the problem is going to be getting at bats for all those guys to keep them fresh and keep them sharp uh, in the early going. And you might, you might value, you know, sending one or two of them down to, to keep playing every day to keep them sharp in case you need somebody to come up. Um, the only other thing I wanted to mention, at least from my perspective, when you go back to the idea of Bradley Zimmer and his 113 batting average and 10 strikeouts. Uh, 130, 133, one, I was. 133, okay, well, close enough. <laughs> uh, is that you've got his, what, Bradley Zimmer's career uh, strikeout average is, you know, north of 30%, I think. Uh, it's just about 40%. Yeah, that's uh, – and, and Stephen Kwan's, I think, his career minor league strikeout rate is at, like, nine or below. I mean, he's 9%. I mean, he puts the bat on the ball. He put he gets the ball in play. He, he plays a variety of positions. I think it's a wash defensively between the two. Uh, 
yeah, if, if I'm looking at a choice between Quan and Zimmer right now, uh, Zimmer's Zimmer's sort of lost in the desert. I, I think uh, I think you go with Quan, and if you you can, you know, uh, get him started and, and see what you got in a guy like that, then then maybe you do that. Give him a few innings out there and in left or right field. Yeah, that, right. Just, that is really going to be an interesting decision because you've got, you know, no matter what Zimmer does at the plate, he's, he's still an, an above average defender, great arm, can run the bases. And we really haven't seen much of Quan. You know, we, we just don't, I, you know, I know, you know, he had a good year at AA and AAA last year, but is he ready for the big leagues? I, I, I don't know. So that's, I think that's what it's going to come down to. Right. Uh, we did see the return of Brian Shaw uh, at, over the weekend. Uh, he's back with the club, and, you know, I don't think it came as a huge shock to anybody uh, in that bullpen. But, uh, you know, it's going to look very similar to what it did last year. Anybody really sort of uh, jumping out or making a name for themselves in, in, the, in the race to, to fill in sort of those middle innings there in the bullpen? And Joe, you know, I, they're going to have a hard time getting, you know, I don't know how many pitchers are going to open up with you know, if they're going to open with 13, but I, I, you keep looking at that bullpen and you wonder how are they going to fill this out? And, uh, you know, I, I guess, you know, obviously, you know, class a, we've seen a couple of times he's been good. Uh, and, uh, you know, ghost has been good. Uh, haven't seen, you know, Henkins has been up and down. The interesting thing with Henkins, uh, they've got, they found a fourth option with him. So right. you know, he, he is not out of options. So, you know, he can be, you know, the, They've has they have some uh, you know they have some mobility with him if they have to send him down they can keep him. Uh, well, and you know, if if they do send him down they can they can send him down and stretch him out and give him give him more innings that way so that that's helpful. Yeah, and you know Nick Sandlin uh, is supposed to pitch in a game this week. We you know he's been uh, coming along slowly. He's throwing a bull. I think he's throwing a, a minor league game today. So mm-hmm. you know that's that's another arm that. That we you know we know what he can do, but we haven't seen him this spring, and uh, you know, and I think you're you're going to see like you talked about the piggyback guys, Joe. You know, Logan Allen, uh, you know, Eli Morgan, uh, maybe a guy like uh, uh, a Tobias Myers. Those guys kind of fit into that role. And and Trevor Steffen has actually looked pretty good. Yeah, Trevor uh, Steffen has pitched as well. He's been he's been good. He's 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 yeah. he's done a nice job for him. You you could tell with Trevor Steffen the light the light sort of went on in about mid August last year, uh, mid to late August last year, and he was he was really good in the second half, and he's coming to camp. He's been pretty strong. So uh, that that's a Rule Five guy that that really worked out. I think uh, as long as he sort of hits the ground running the way he's been so far in, in spring training. All right, Moinsey, what are we looking at? Uh, uh, there's a obviously a game today, I, I believe, in uh, what, Peoria? Yeah, they're playing uh, Kansas City. Uh, they're using Adam Scott who's starting. So it sounds like they're, you know, setting up that rotation for uh, opening day with, you know, because Scott's not going to make the club. And, and uh, so he's going to he, – he'll t- – <clears throat> this will allow, you know, Carl Willis and uh, Frank Conner to line up that rotation, no matter what. I'm not sure if it's a four-man rotation, a five-man rotation, or a six-man rotation, because, you know, they, they kind of, like, they've been dancing around that subject, but they're going to face a Granky, so that'll be a, a, yeah. a good test for their hitters. Right, and, yeah, I think it was Beaver's uh, turn in the, in the rotation uh, 
you know, this time through and uh, he's, he's not starting. Uh, I don't know if that's, uh, if he's going to work on the backfields or something uh, today or not, but uh, you know, I, I think what Plesak went uh, yesterday, got, got touched up a little bit. Yeah. Plesak uh, and McKenzie, McKenzie was great. He, he pitched like three and a third scoreless. Right. So should be, uh, should be interesting to watch how the, the rotation sets up, but those guys, uh, they're coming along slow in terms of length, but, you know, effectiveness, they've been pretty good. So, all right, uh, you're going to get on a plane and head back this way into the land of uh, snowflakes and fury. Uh, that's, uh, that's, that's what's going on here. Uh, have fun uh, stepping off the plane. Hope you brought a coat. Uh, and we will uh, talk to you again at some point tomorrow here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Lindsay, uh, safe travels. All right, Joe. Thanks, man.